0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: It's quarterback time. Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, the two quarterbacks most frequently mocked in the top 10 in the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. Hayden Winks we're about to have the conversation a lot of NFL teams are going to have in these final two weeks leading up to the NFL draft which quarterback at the top should we take if you want to make this video out in there two minutes long you can just tell us right now
0: yeah we already have people saying in the chat that their wife left them they're losing all hope I think a lot of people evaluating these quarterbacks are losing all hope today we're gonna get through the pros and the cons it's not all cons for these quarterbacks these quarterbacks can still do some things Talking about Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis, just as how do you value what their skill set is? So we'll it, we'll lay that
1: out. Just just quickly, it, it's very different than I think the entire football bubble felt a year ago, where people got really amped and excited that their quarter that their team might take one of these quarterbacks. This year, it's almost like. Oh, no one's searching these terms, looking up these players because, like, it's their worst nightmare that their team might select one of these guys in the top fifteen. As Hayden said, we're going to go through the pros, the cons, and even the dynamic stuff outside of structure because you get that from both of these of these passers. Um, we're going to bring up plays, highlights, clips, and talk over them. Uh, I am no coach, Hayden. I don't know about you, what you do in your spare time, so I'm not much of like the critique the details of the mechanics, but really I want to see what each of these quarterbacks did at the college level, if that can translate to the NFL level and how quickly they did that back then and what they can do now. So if you don't mind, why don't we start off with Kenny Pickett quarterback out of Pittsburgh. To me, the core of his game is going to be mental and we're going to get some plays that he makes with his feet a little bit later on, but There is some of that, but he will need like to have his foundation be at pocket depth going from, let's say, read one to read two to read three while maximizing the space given to him. And like, again, we see that succeed at the NFL level. Joe Burrow is the most recent example, someone who has some playmaking traits outside of structure, but also makes plays more frequently inside of it. And again, at the core of that, he has to be smart every single Sunday.
0: Yeah. So I think his biggest trait when it comes as a passer is his accuracy. I don't think it's exactly his decision-making on these clips. He throws a very pretty ball out of uh, 87 college quarterbacks last year. He was 13th in catchable ball rate within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage per sports info solutions. And then on 15 plus yards, he went up to 10th. So his arm strength doesn't exactly wow you. I call it passable arm strength. I think it's, NFL average despite his small hands to me his biggest strength uh right now is his accuracy it's not Mac Jones level but a lot of these clips 15 20 yards down the field he can throw the ball o- over the middle with a lot of accuracy I think like the next thing we have to get into is how much is he anticipating because I see a lot of first read I see yep. a lot of second read throws yep. he because he is a little bit above above average athlete doesn't get to that third read too often. I thought Mac Jones did that quite a bit. I don't see Kenny Pickett do that as often. So, lots of pros and cons to even just the drop back passing game of Pickett. I, I'm afraid that a lot of people are going to label him as this like elite processor, yes, big time processor. He really isn't. Like, no, he, to me, I'm we're going to get to the comps later. I see a little bit more mobile Jimmy G. Jimmy G is an accurate thrower. He has NFL arm strength. He can make a beautiful pass when that first read is open. Now, after that, it gets a little bit wobbling. I think you get a little bit of that in Pickett's game here.
1: Yeah, I don't have intermediate arm concerns, and you're about to see some plays right here, I believe, against pressure and what he does. I mean, there are times, like, in his depth, he has, like, a playmaker mentality to him. And at the NFL level now... You want that like you don't want someone who folds like a table when things go poorly, when someone misses a block. So at least having in the back of his head that I'm going to help my team crawl out of this hole on the singular play when my right tackle let me down to the left ta- left guard immediately um, allowed pressure. I'm going to make something out of it. That's great. We really love that about Kenny Pickett. Let's stick on the positives here because we put together some good throws. These early ones. I will not even call them reads necessarily, especially this first one. It's just a nice little window. But really when we talk about the, the processors, the top end ones in the league, they feel comfortable inside of the bubble that their offensive line creates for them. And it's going from that front side one to two. And if that's not there, getting to that back side three. We're going to show off some downfield throws here early on. That's it's it's really just a, okay, we're going to look at where the safety is biting to which side he is going to cover. And then we're going to throw opposite of that. So as you can see here, he's in his pocket depth. He's just about to throw DB one in the middle of the field is driving on these two crossing routes from the left side. And so he knows I'm going to hit the deep post fitting in the opposite side. Great. Great. I mean, it's the throw is in good timing. It's down the field. That's really basic stuff. And here, once again, Hayden, It's getting pocket depth with the pulling offensive lineman in front. We see crossing routes. We see as soon as the safety bites, boom, I'm going to go the backside, the opposite side where it's just one-on-one. Now, I will say, when this throw is let go, look at where the wide receiver is on the cornerback. He has a full yard advantage, correct? And then if we see the end result and where the play is going to be, it's a contested catch. So if the ball was better, I would even say, I know it's 40 yards in the air, but that could have been a touchdown as well.
0: Yeah, I have a, a section of clips here looking at his arm strength, and I think that it's passable, but it's not good. There's a couple times where he's throwing that deep ball and it hangs up a little bit. Now, he's not going to be overthrowing passes, and that's like one thing. If you are going to make a mistake throwing the ball intermediate or downfield, you at least want to give your receiver a chance, and he does that. He does put a little bit of air into it. I think it's a pretty catchable ball. When he gets that off that back foot and just throws it, his mechanics are pretty decent, and that's why I think that he's kind of on that – jimmy gt where it's just like all right it looks pretty when everything's on it looks pretty right and i think just if you're looking at it just real quick with the stats he ultimately is an 89th percentile prospect in my model which is like round one territory um that assumes that he's being drafted in like the top 20 so we'll see with that uh but he had 94th percentile uh total epa last year which is really good obviously the problem though with some of these negatives Is he has 48 collegiate starts. He's 23.8 years old. Last year, when he had this amazing season, that was coming against the 29th percentile strength of schedule. So, some of these concerns, I would say that they're pretty hard to get rid of. Like, he would have already figured this out. And last year, he took a huge leap forward. And I'm wondering how much more you can get out of him. Some of these things, like you talked about where he gets a little bit skittish in the pocket and how NFL quarterbacks have to feel comfortable in that bubble. His first couple years at Pitt, the offensive line was so bad, it seems like he scarred him where he gets the happy feet. He drifts out of the pocket a little bit too much. Now, the the offense, they they did design some of those things on there. Uh, The QB school noticed how they would put an offensive tackle on the other side where he would be like snapping it from the left guard spot, and he would have to design rollout. So you see some of that, and that's, I think, cool that they asked him to do a lot of different things and a lot of pro-style concepts. He had the most uh, three-step drops among all of the quarterback prospects and that's the number one drop that you see in the NFL so he does a lot of the things that the NFL is asking him to do the problem is when you get skittish in the pocket and you that's 48 starts in you're going to be a 24 year old rookie that's where you have some of the ceiling limitations now I do think that he is a functional NFL starter somewhat early on and I think there's some value to that but you just have to be kind of careful of these quarterbacks that to me I end up giving him like a Ryan Tannehill comp a more mobile Jimmy G um, that's an NFL starter like that. You can get a top 20 NFL starter from here. I would just be skeptical of that he'll ever be a top 10 guy because he's already been doing this for four years. And this is like kind of the final product that you're getting with him. Right.
1: You'd think at 24 years old, after you already made a leap, then in your brain, when you write down all the pros, he is so comfortable and quick in his decision making to go from one to two to three. And I actually want to bring this up because this might be the best example of that. I mean, it's in the red zone, which we know is condensed field. It's a two by what's really a three by two set. Um, on the front side, it's these two quick outs, these two speed outs. He knows they are covered. Now it's also drop eight Hayden drop eight. Everyone's familiar with that with Bengals chiefs, especially once you get into the red zone, it's a bit more compact. And so in these moments, you almost have to double clutch and make something happen and feel a bit comfortable. Now, when this happens, look what his first movement is. It's a go back. It's this giant, almost three-step hop backwards. But again, he gathers himself, understands that, hey, now I have to make a play out of something that isn't there. And so, with his pocket completely clean, he makes up that ground just a little bit and finds the receiver that is solely one-on-one with that one defensive back in scramble situations and puts a perfectly thrown a ball. Yeah, it's a dart to, you know, the the alignment advantage that his wide receiver has. I, I think that's probably the best that he brings up. Now, exactly what you are going to say. Is he a special athlete? Does he have a special arm? Is he special in his processing? I keep using that word because I think a lot of times, especially now, when we look at quarterbacks who succeed at the NFL level, they have one spectacular trait and Kenny Pickett is at best solid in everything like solid intermediate velocity, you know, solid playmaker mentality um, took a gigantic leap during his final year. But for an older prospect where we are right now and the most recent one, I think we can give an example is Joe Burrow, right? Joe Burrow was light years ahead of this player. Coming out, I mean, not even on the same spectrum. Even though I think, again, at the core of their evaluations, they would be somewhat similar that you would want them to be. But again, just the processing and the comfort when doing that, it's not even close.
0: Yeah, can we roll the negative?
1: Yeah, even though we've been negative already. Yes, I think
0: it's I think it's important just to kind of show some of these the processing. A lot of it is just taking the check down too early. So on these clips, what you're going to see is if you pause it after this video ends where he is at his last step of his drop, you'll see one of these deep receivers just starting to beat their man. And if you have a little anticipation, like this is a throw over the middle that he has to make. Instead, he takes the check down. He does this a lot. And this was kind of one of the flaws with Mac Jones, but I think that Mac Jones was getting through his progressions a little bit more. And he would go to like that backside route a little bit more, or he was just so accurate on the intermediate stuff that he made up for it. Kenny Pickett does this a little bit too often. And then inside clean pockets uh, last year, he was a 35th out of about 80 quarterbacks in average depth of target, only 8.8 8 yards, which isn't terrible, but he takes the the check down. He scrambles a little bit too much, a little too early. And I think that he leaves a couple of the big plays uh, open on the table. And then plus, sometimes when he does get out of the pocket, the ball a little bit dies down yeah. on him. So I I, I do not want to call him a great processor. I, I'm, I'm afraid that people are going to think that he is this. I don't think he's that. But I do think he's a better athlete then we give him credit for. We haven't even rolled the athleticism plays I had up, up here. You yeah. can do a little zone read. He's going to scramble. He's willing to truck stick people. He can throw on the move a little bit. So I think it's like kind of you would
1: think that he plays one way, but he really doesn't. But I, I almost think that like that's the little bit extra. Like that's the extra topping. And I really don't want his evaluation to rely on that stuff because I don't think it's top tier enough. You know what I mean? And this play is terrifying. I mean, when – you get out here again, it's another th- three by two set. His looking directly in the middle of the field. This needs to process. Hey, my inside wide receiver on the right is totally wide open against a four man rush and zero pressure. And he just does not see him and runs into a sack drives yeah. into a sack. And you see this a little bit often. Yeah, you're right. Like you get to the back step a totally clean pocket. This one's a little bit different because, again, once he's on his back foot, there's there's nothing there at this moment. But then he sails the check down, puts his guy up for a hospital ball, and you're going to see this a little bit over and over again when you watch this North Carolina tape. I'm going to pull up. We've talked enough about the negatives, some of the cool plays outside of Strucker because we keep talking about them. And it is. like It's always going to be a part of him, but not to the degree of the Josh Allens, Lamar Jacksons. Oh, yeah, of course not. Malik Willis is that we're about to talk about too.
0: Yeah, so Ryan Tannehill end up kind of being my comp for him. It's not the the perfect comp because I think Tannehill may be a little bit more athletic. But that play right there, that was a fourth and two where he scrambled and trucked a right. guy for a first down. Like he is a tough dude. He He's can, a gamer. He can he can play a little bit. So I, I think it's just kind of a weird evaluation. Ultimately went with more uh, mobile uh, Jimmy G. But I think going back to the last thing, the taking the sacks is not is an important issue. I have a, a stat called Total EPA Lost on Sacks, and he was in the bottom ninth percentile out of all quarterbacks drafted since 2005. So he takes a lot of sacks. And I think that's because he's he wants to get out of that first and second read and looks to scramble, and he doesn't have that Lamar Jackson juice. But like that throw right there, that's a dime. This Run is it. awesome. Out of the pocket, you can get him on the bootleg stuff. That's why I keep going back to some of these like more mobile Jimmy G comparisons, where you can get him outside of the pocket, a little bit of bootleg, a little bit of scramble, come here across the body and throw it. So I still have yeah. a mid-round one, a late round one grade on him. If you are a team that could trade back and get back, get get back into him, or if you're the Steelers and he just kind of falls into your lap. I'm fine with him doing with taking a pick or taking a little bit of gamble there. And the primary reason, I think this is super important. So I'm just going to pull it up just for a quick second is the rookie contract right now. Mac Jones last year was taken 15th overall. He's making $28 million less than Kirk cousins, $24 million less than Carson Wentz, $23 million less than Jimmy G. 15 million less than Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, less than Tua, less than Daniel Jones. Jacoby Brissett's making more. Mason Rudolph is making more. If you get 15th overall quarterback play by the end of the rookie contract, you can compete. You can sneak into a Super Bowl appearance like that. Jared Goff was a kind of like the perfect example of this. So I think that later in the first round, if you have the right pieces around him, you can take that. But I don't, I don't think that the Panthers should take him six overall but if they traded down a bunch of times and then they ended up taking him I think that there's been worse decisions than that I think like 20th overall is kind of where you start getting into this
1: Kenny Pickett and, range and I think it's worth putting into context what we saw last year too I would be more comfortable saying I can get 15 to 20 top quarterback stuff from Mac Jones and I would be from Kenny Pickett I, I actually think there's a outcome where pick it, the floor falls out from underneath him like he's yeah. just not special enough in any area for it just to work every single week he's not smart enough even on the Derek Carr level where Sunday to Sunday to Sunday I'm going to make the decision series after series now again going back to the positives we keep outlining it this is probably his best one like whenever you can make a free man a free rusher miss in the backfield create space on your own throw across your body without losing any velocity and seeing this and scoring a touchdown. That's a, that's play. a great play. Like that's a play. that, that isn't made by a lot of, a lot of passers out there year over year, over year. So All right. putting you on the spot, where
0: would you take him? second round, not drafting him period late, late first round? Like
1: where are you at? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to draft him in the first round. Um, I, I think it's always difficult with quarterbacks to like slot them with left guards. For example, just in terms of positional value, but there was nothing that got me out of my seat consistently. That's like, man, I want to tie my franchise to this guy. And if I know we're on YouTube and we got we got to talk about this stuff as soon as he enters the league, he's in the smallest hands among all quarterbacks smaller than now, mine. small, smaller than mine, too. You can check him out in mock draftable uh, to me hand size with someone like Jared Goff, for example, has always popped up in terms of fumbles. And with Jared Goff popped up, I think it was this game against Oregon during his freshman year where they basically had to pull him out because it was a tsunami and uh, and it was a rainstorm and he just couldn't hold on to the football. Um, I think Kenny Pickett has a double jointed thumb and they continue to like measure it weird. I'm going to tell you, the two gloves thing throws me off, really throws me yeah. off when watching him. But I'm sure it's just to be able to grip the ball better. Oh, for sure
0: 100 but he, he is used to it and like the arm strength never seemed like a problem the fumbles were i think he had 38 career fumbles that's that's a problem but I, I don't even think that's like as much of a hand issue as like him just being kind of a sitting duck in the pocket you know like we're talking about some of these pocket concerns where he moves around the pocket a little bit too much and gets a little little panicky that's what leads to the fumbles you know yeah. it's not like that his little hands just keeps dropping the ball it's like no he's kind of a sitting duck out there and gets hit so um yeah, I think we're, we basically see the same player. It's we how can. do you value that? I think that I'm willing to get uh, the rookie contract out of him and I would not pay him. Like, it's one of those where, like, you you get a Baker Mayfield. Hopefully, Baker Mayfield type of stays, stays healthy. You're not going to pay this guy long term. But if you get the right roster around him, I, I've heard of worse things than Kenny Pickett. He was, he was just a better athlete than I was expecting.
1: All right, so let's make this transition. Kenny Pickett held the ball for 3.19 seconds last year. Malik Willis coming out of Liberty held the ball for 3.33 seconds during his final season. Those both would be the longest of any quarterback in the NFL. In fact, you see some of the top quarterbacks in the league average about 2.5, 2.6, 2.7 seconds in terms of time to throw. So no matter what, both of these guys have to quicken their throws their decisions, their games entirely. And as we just alluded to with Kenny Pickett, it's not really to get to his third read, his third option. And for sure for Malik Willis, it's not to get there. But while I said the elements of Kenny Pickett's game, none got me hopping out of my chair. There are some here for Malik Willis and namely Hayden. Everyone knows it's this dynamic rushing ability that he has, but also these outside the number throws, the velocity, The arm whip, he makes it look really, really easy. Yeah. Which one do you want to start start with? Which which
0: I'm curious which one it was more impressive to you here. I mean, it's these throws. These throws. And when I was clipping these out, it is the sideline throws. So I went to sports info solutions because I had to look this up. His catchable ball rate on yards or air yards 10 plus down the field is actually higher 83% when it's at at the sideline compared to over the middle where it's only 82%. That is nuts. You never see that. He has the ability on some of these plays where it's an RPO on the one side, far hash throw, whole shot to the other side immediately. Like no drop steps, just throwing it in there. And he always throws these balls to the sideline where it's up in the air. It's very catchable. Like the back shoulder things where it's to your toes, that is so hard to catch. The ball is traveling up when he's throwing these sideline passes, very catchable ball. So that's like the big arm strength things. he can throw these things down the sideline. Now what you've noticed, lots of running back wheel routes on here, lots of weird (laughs) double moves on these throws. So it's not the most natural thing, but like that is a good throw right there on time,
1: plenty of velocity. But still on the numbers, like 100% all of these throws, every single one, I believe except for the last one in this set of clips is going to be on the numbers to outside the numbers. Yep. That's where his game lives. Now you don't see many quarterbacks to say that about them, but that is where he's more comfortable throwing the football further away from his eyes and the trash, the middle of the defense, versus you know what's exactly in front of him. In fact, it's like the anti Lamar Jackson. Lamar's game is entirely built over the middle of the field and fitting it in those seams. So is Jimmy Garoppolo. This right? play, watch this. Th- That's this absurd. Is wild. Yeah, this is I absurd. Mean, That's what a a 15 yard, 18 yard hole shot after an RPO. Like this is crazy stuff. You do not see this very often. Yeah. And it it seems like it's easy. And again, I am not quarterback's coach, Mr. Mechanics. His are a bit chaotic at times. Like they're they're not very consistent. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares in terms of his footwork? Because this looks great. Like this works out the end result on a lot of these outside downfield throws uncommon stuff now there are also times where you can see balls like basically hit the outside of the chalk and like almost near to where the coaches are standing and that's a bit hit or miss as well so we've talked about this and a lot of these aren't even reads per se it's hey we're gonna throw it down the field on the outside especially with the wheel routes the double moves things Schemed like that up yeah right um what you want to say about his arm? Because, again, there's a lot more stuff that we need to hit on here with Malik Willis.
0: Yeah, so the other thing is he's naturally aggressive. And in clean pockets last year, he was 18th out of 84 quarterbacks in average depth of target up to 10 yards in those clean pockets. So that's like the good thing. It's, it's, he's not just dynamic, and he has all the arm strength in the world. He's also looking to make plays. And that's where you get the ceiling uh, kind of things where it's, it's kind of like the Lamar Jackson, where he's being aggressive and throwing it downfield because he has good enough arm strength. Now he does it in opposite ways where Lamar only throws it over the middle and he only throws it at the sideline, which seems kind of <laughs> problematic to me, but we'll get to that in a second. The other big part of the game is just the athleticism, man, like yeah, out of control. And he, He's, he's not nearly as fast as Lamar Jackson. Like I, I, I truly don't think he's like that straight rare, of like speed. a straight line athlete. He's yeah. more Jalen hurts to me where he's got that stockier build. He's going to run through arm tackles. Yeah. Lower half is super huge. I mean, these calves, these quads, everything he'll get. He'll he'll give you all of that stuff. I don't see Lamar Jackson's specialness as a runner. He does plenty enough. He's more on the Jalen hurts type of level, which is still plenty good enough. And that gives your floor um, to be decently high, even if he is struggling with some of the other aspects of this. But that's Ole Miss right there. Like he's he's throwing bodies around against Old Miss. So you're going to get QB power. You're going to get zone read. You're going to get scrambling ability. You get throw on on the run ability. This is a great throw right here as well. Um, So you get all of that stuff. And that's translatable. You're not getting rid of this when he goes to the next level. QB power, sure. Let's fucking do that too. Um, He gives you a little bit of everything.
1: 146 forced missed tackles during his time in college. I think that's the most of any position in this draft class. Now, I think what you're outlining is he is dynamic with the football in his hands and it's a lot of make you miss in, in tight spaces, almost like a running back where an oncoming defender is meeting you in the hole. And he's still again in a phone booth can, can create space. A lot of others can't plus we've seen quarterback power, things of the sort for us for fantasy purposes, that then is going to equal some, you know, goal line runs as well. It's not just spread it out and run you up the middle or on scrambles. There's actually design run things that he's following his blocker and does that extremely well. So hopefully that could lead to short yardage touchdowns scored with that. So this is the big question though, Hayden, like we've seen incredible athletes have flaws early in their careers entering the NFL, but you know, their team can win with them because they can work, with those mistakes and work around those mistakes. Thanks to that athleticism presents some level of a floor. In fact, we always talk about athleticism as a ceiling, but it can be a floor as well. And then the player in isolation works on themselves. The team works on them as well in the hopes of everything else catching up to that, right? Like the processing from a leak, it'll be, you know, going one to two to three over the middle of the field. This is the hope for him, right? Because right now, He has that absurd arm that makes sideline and outside the number throws look easy. He's a dynamic runner, but there are obvious, obvious blind spots to his game that I don't know if and how long it will take for him to be fixed. Because right now who he is, you can't really succeed long term with this style. No,
0: The, the biggest thing, the number one stat that I had with Malik Willis I have 196 drafted quarterback prospects since 2005 in my database. His EPA loss on sacks was the second worst bottom Mm. first percentile only trailing Mike White. He takes way too many sacks and for as good of an athlete as he is to be taking that many sacks means that he is really behind on the progressions. And you see that a lot with him. He he's on the first read and if it's open, he's dynamic. He can sling that ball in there. There's too many times where he's not getting his head around. He's not going to be the guy that's going through the progressions. I thought Lamar Jackson light years ahead um, as a uh just going through his progressions. And Malik Willis has a lot of work to do. And these aren't that crazy of concepts. Like a lot of the stuff is 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 schemed up. And then like right here, this is a classic one of those, those uh wheel routes. And then he just kind of sits on it and gets intercepted. So the biggest thing is he is taking. Too many sacks and sacks, I think, might be the most underrated thing about quarterback play because you don't really see doesn't really show up in the numbers that often. But if you're taking sacks, that's almost like you're just punting the ball immediately. That's what the analytics are saying. And he takes way, 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 way too many of them. And I think a lot of it is just because he's not seeing the field properly.
1: Yeah. And if we can kind of put into the perspective of players who have like transcended evaluations recently, Josh Allen is one. If you remember back to Josh Allen during his days at Wyoming, he was a pedal to the floor player. I mean, he would carry his team, put them on his back, run from the left sideline to the right sideline, and have some similar plays where you can put like Malik Willis here who holds the ball way too long, and maybe sometimes there's minimal yards gained because of it. That was the case with Josh Allen. I don't think we can say that for every single player, Hayden, that comes out with maybe this athletic profile. That, oh, it's going to work out because it worked out for the guy beforehand. I'm not in that camp. I'm not in that boot. And like where failed evaluations, mine for Justin Herbert were too, that offense that he came out of was too simplistic that I didn't allow him to really like spread his wings and show all the traits that he had. Um, Too often, as we talked about with Kenny Pickett here with Malik Willis, when he gets to that back foot, he doesn't see like a corner squatting necessarily which can he pick it in that scenario would then say oh then i have to go to the opposite side he's driving here that means i'm going the other selection well this kind of forces those and that's still on the outside like over the middle of the field there's just not a lot of area you don't see it and i believe hugh freeze is the head coach there the yes. former head coach at at Ole miss a guy who's had a lot of talented five-star, four-star quarterbacks come in and out of his room. So he probably knew the strengths and weaknesses of his quarterback here and probably designed the offense around it. So I'd am be very, very interested in the type of player that we see in the preseason and if Malik is more willing to try things over the middle just to make mistakes and if he can do it because we just didn't see enough of it, period.
0: I want to squash the Josh Allen to Malik Willis Comparisons Please. last so, just looking at it last year, Malik Willis was 17th percentile passing EPA among quarterback prospects that get drafted. Josh Allen, even at Wyoming, that bad year that he had is super inconsistent with that 47th percentile. 47th, 47th and 17th percentile is nowhere near each other. The sack differences were nowhere near each other. Malik Willis did this obviously against a terrible strength of schedule here. And the biggest thing to me is Josh Allen is 6'5, 237. Malik Willis is six foot and a half. Like, there's a huge difference between being six five and seeing over the middle the field versus being six foot flat. So, I think some of these ceiling conversations we're having are a little bit um, beyond what I'm thinking here. Like, I, I'm comparing him to Jordan Love seems more appropriate to me. Jalen Hurts seems more appropriate to me. So that's th- kind of that, the that, range that's my
1: comment for. with Jalen Hurts. Could we see him run the second half of the Philadelphia Eagles season offense? that Jalen Hurts ran last year? Like, could that be where he starts off as a rookie or even a second-year player with Malik Willis?
0: I, I thought Jalen Hurts was further along, just processing all that stuff. Look, Just looking at this, Jalen Hurts, and obviously he played at Oklahoma, so like, big caveat. But he was 96, Alabama, yeah, ninety-six yeah, percentile when it comes to total EPA for Jalen Hurts in his last year. Malik Willis all the way down at 67th percentile. Passing EPA, Jalen Hurts, 84th percentile. Malik Willis, 17th percentile. That's a huge gap. Massive, massive gap. And I think just it comes down to Malik Willis didn't play that much. You know, he had to transfer out. When he transferred out, he had to sit a full year for transfer rules. So he has two years of experience here. And this is not the exact offense that you're going to be copy-pasting into the NFL. He did not play a lot of uh, defenses that you're going to see. And the couple times that he played the big schools, including the Ole Miss, this is what they did. And it's what's going to happen. And it happens to every dual-threat quarterback. They would drop eight. Drop nine, rush with two or three, and have a spy force you to process spy and zone coverage. And when they did that against him, it was really, really, really bad. I got the number up here. He was 105th out of 109 quarterbacks in points earned per play against four or fewer pass rushers. That's what they're going to do immediately with him. They're going to say, We're going to have a spy, we're going to drop some zone coverage. You have to read this out. And he could not do that, period. And that's like the biggest thing where you have to really develop him. So I think that it's, yeah, you have to redshirt him this year. I would expect his second year, his third year to be very up and down. So ultimately he was kind of like a poor man's Justin Fields in my evaluation, where you can kind of see it. But I Justin Fields that. was just like light years
1: ahead of Malik Willis. The problem solving at the NFL level, it's making the right decisions. Like it is saying, okay, it's problem solving. It's if the front side's taken away, I'm gonna go to two. If the two's not there, I'm gonna go to three. Now the ones who are really elevating the position now after moving away from the prototypes of the Peyton Manx and Tom Brays of the world, have that athleticism to boot where they can really like move the line of scrimmage, change the entire focal point of what the defense is focusing on, and then like also run beyond the line of scrimmage. I think Malik Willis and even Kenny Pickett, if we can jump back to where we were with him, Their problem solving is I'm going to use my athleticism and try to pick up something with my feet. And if something opens up, then I'm going to throw the football away. It's not, let me get to that second. Let me get to that third and let me look and feel comfortable inside the structure of this offense. We're seeing them erase a lot of clean pockets that were given to them against drop eight. Like you said, it's going to take some double, triple hitches, but you have clean situations to work from. Like use that to your advantage, and and they just can't do that right now. Period. Yeah, it's.
0: I mean, I, I think multiple needs multiple years. I, I don't have a first round grade on him. Like I see, I see, and like what's the the troubling part of this is because it's going to take him some years to develop, and I think some teams should be able to take that chance. You want that fifth year option. The only way you're getting that fifth year option is if you're drafting him in the first round. That seems too price pricey to me. I know we're trying to win Super Bowls. I know we're aiming for the ceiling, but. He he really truly is like years away in my opinion. I think that even for fantasy this year, like just looking at underdog, best ball rankings and stuff. Even if he gets drafted thirty second overall to the Lions or wherever we think he is, might not play all. He might not play, man. He can be like Trey Lance. Like I think it can totally be that. So even just for fantasy rankings, like the ceilings there, it just it's really tough to see. Justin Fields to me, Jalen Hurts, all all these type of prospects. I thought we were just seeing the field better and running a little bit more things that you're going to see in the NFL. You're just not seeing a whole lot of that in Malik Wills' game. So some teams are going to take the gamble. I was thinking about maybe being that type of person and giving like a late first round grade. I I, I think I would just roll the
1: dice somewhere else. Wait. Closing thoughts. He does have some special traits that some other quarterbacks in this class don't have. And we're going to talk about some other quarterbacks in this class on Thursday as well. Um, putting perspective on it, Of all the quarterbacks that we saw last year, I would be stunned if anyone can rank anyone this season, especially these top two that we just talked about, ahead of everyone last year, ahead of those top five. Like just watching these passers, it is insane that part of the football bubble, a segment of the community just crushed Mac Jones for months when Mac Jones. Sees the field makes his decisions so much smoother, is a smooth operator in comparison to both these guys. But again, I I don't want to write off someone like Malik Willis at all. Of course not. Because it's almost like someone who can improve in other areas. I witnessed it from Cam Newton from 2011 to let's say like 2013. That's all internally in your brain, like being able to just learn and again process the game a bit better. I can't make that. Assumption or decision. I just am wondering how teams can do that too. But I think that's why you know meeting with him and talking with him and getting to know him is is, is such a valuable part of this evaluation process for this position specifically.
0: And it seems like Malik Willis is that dude. Like leadership, I and mean, we saw the thing at the NFL Combine, glowing reports for him. So like, if you have all of that intel and you could ask him, hey, why weren't you doing these type of throws? And maybe it's just something about Hugh Freeze's offense. Who knows? We don't get to know all the information. But right now, I couldn't do a first round grade. Would you would you draft him in the first round? Like
1: 32nd overall to the Lions, would you pull that trigger? Do you have Jared Goff for a year, or are you letting slide by? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, possibly do that. I, I kind of only think of these players as hey, would I rank them number one? Like, would I go out of my way to make them transcend the board or not? And like that middle ground, that gray area is where he would fall somewhere else. Like he he's not one that I would risk at all to do it like when I get fired overtaking Malik Willis from just watching him and seeing the special traits the positives but really the blind spots in his game no I yeah. wouldn't risk it all for it. neither can I maybe maybe that means, the guy.
0: yeah maybe that means that we just can't see the vision but I saw the vision with Jalen Hurts. I, I I gave Jalen Hurts a slightly better grade than Malik Willis so I'm higher on some
1: of these guys I just think he's a little bit of ways away all right Thursday it's all about Matt Corral Desmond Ritter, whoever the hell Hayden talks me into watching before then as well. Um, that'd be a good show. And I wouldn't be shocked if one of those guys, if I like them better than one of these players or both of them. I think that's absolutely a possibility too. And NFL teams will probably have it that way. All right. Hayden, that does it. For all of you who are checking us out for the first time, thank you. Like and subscribe to the channel. We're nearing 10,000 subs. We have tons of individual videos on running backs, wide receivers, full positional breakdowns, some of our favorite under-the-radar prospects as well in the 2022 NFL Draft. Just over two weeks away, one of the best weekends of the year. So lock it in here, down in the channel. Thumbs up, like, subscribe. Does wonders for us. All right, Hayden. I'm Josh. Up the bell, everyone. Talk to y'all soon. See ya.